Welcome to episode number nine of the Max and Chris show. Uh, thank you so much. We have John Francis here from Francis Realty, also fellow Car West Michigan board member. So thank you, John, for joining us today and being part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate can, being here. Can you hear all right, the, the headphones and everything? Yep. Crystal. Good. John was just complimenting our fantastic studio. Yeah, yeah it's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, how can you afford all this? Yeah. <laughs> We're still looking for sponsors. Yeah. Hint, hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banks, lawyers. Yep. No. Title yeah. companies. No, we and we're we were talking like we're getting we are getting, I mean the the downloads and the the uh the plays and everything continue to increase and it's just like it's but it's more for fun, like I, it's more of a nerd thing than anything this yeah. whole this whole setup. So, so you know, I could triple this thing, right? Uh, <laughs> with the, with the, if you get each one of your kids to listen, yeah. then yeah. Well, I have enough of them, so yeah. Between <laughs> between you and me and our kids, yeah, that's, yeah. That's kind of like Chris and I are like, okay, well, like if we have enough people on, we will pick up each person's mom. And they'll start listening, and by the end of it, you know, we'll have like ten, twenty thousand different people's moms listening. It's well, a domino effect. And and I got teenagers that are experts at all this stuff. They yeah. can just multiply. Yeah, it. we'll boot. Yeah, we'll yeah. pay to boost it on <laughs> yeah. social media, <laughs> on threads or whatever yeah, the cool yeah. thing is. Yeah. Is that the cool thing? Is that actually like picking up? Like, or do you have any idea about like so what do they? What do kids use? Like threads, or is it? Was it? Isn't it a TikTok thing? Well, I, I, that's still in. I can't keep up. I, like, <laughs> I, I downloaded TikTok once, and then, um, and I think I downloaded it by accident, uh, yeah. and I deleted it since. So my son wanted to show me something, and I didn't realize I didn't have to download it. So that's just how backwards I am. They're gonna- I, I've been doing. Uh, so I just started. We've had like an Instagram page for um, Moxie, but then I started one for the. Max and Chris or Chris Max show and like I'll post different things that we talk about on the conversation so I've been having fun with it but then I'm like ah, I'm already doing it I may as well do moxies too and like so I've just been posting like wild memes and stuff like that and then I see like it, it advantage will have a very professional like breakdown in the market stuff and then I got like some guy like doing karate like attacking interest rates like well, you, you got to be disciplined. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know one guy that has a uh, on-air professional name, and then he's got his real name. And you know, and I thought about that. It's like that's really smart. It's like he doesn't want the world to know who he, he is and knock on his door. And yeah, and so he's that. he's got this multimedia social media persona that's not his real name. I was like, I get it. And he's got a whole following and everything. Oh yeah, him. he's he's all over. Like uh, politics or no commercial real estate. So oh yeah, really? I, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> she, he's just like burying me in the comments. Right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Re- I don't want to reveal his secret because he probably doesn't want people to know that he's using an alternate ego. That's like, hilarious. Uh, can, can you disclose the ego name? Uh, no, because I don't want people to, to know that it's it. not his real name. Okay, so, okay. that's fair. Fair. Um, maybe I'll. Offline, yeah, uh, yeah, but his. I've been really impressed with the stuff he pumps out on. on you could LinkedIn also and, say it, and then we could have Luke do like a boo <laughs> <laughs> if you trust us. Does so, he trust us? Well, <laughs> he's gonna probably hear this because I'll no, send it, it to him because he's got his own podcast. And I'm gonna just okay. So, 
Yeah. Hey, have you ever done a podcast yet? Or? This is my first. Okay. I, first I had one. no idea what to expect. So, and we go off the rails a little bit. Okay. Like I know Chris always takes the time to do like a nice like agenda and stuff like that, and then I talk too much and blow it all oh. up. Well, look at my notes. Here. I was gonna say, <laughs> he's, he's got some notes. <laughs> Am on I it. like the most prepared guy? <laughs> Easily. Uh, yes. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, probably. But that doesn't surprise me because it's kind of your MO, too. But I'm not going to be reading off this, but I just wanted to, you know, when you're asking me these questions and it's like you got the history, it's like I want to oh like gosh. be able to yeah. remember well, it all. And we had owner of Mecca, David Lawrence, on the last episode, and that was my thing, like, because I'm doing this Mecca program in the 12 weeks, so I wanted to have him on before. And I thought of like, and I talked the whole time asking questions. I didn't let anybody else talk. And then I'm like, after there was still like 30 things that I'm like, oh, shoot. Because he'd be like, well, the sleep performance for um, athletes is, you know, nine, 10 hours of sleep. But then I'm like, well, what about a business person? Like, and I didn't ask that. So you always think of like, it always comes back. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of anybody go to the uh, annual econ club dinner this year. With, I uh, no, Tom Brady. Was that Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah. I so did, how is how that had to be cool? What, once, once uh, I think it was Doug DeVos was the moderator, but. He asked, like, I think he spoke maybe a total of five minutes total. Brady just went on and on and just great stories after great stories. It was an awesome event. How how intense is he, like, uh, personality? Is he, like, pretty laid back when he's not on the football field? Because he seems, like, so intense. Uh, it, yeah, it's hard for me to tell from, from that because he was – basically performing, but he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's regimented. He's, he's part of his MO is like, he's, he was always four string, fifth string, third string. So when he finally got his chance and he had, you know, some he of those, some of those mm-hmm. Super Bowls where he was down, I mean, he knew how to work hard and, and come back, you know, University of Michigan, he, what was he like third yeah. string? And, Until his senior year even, right? Yeah. 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 So but it, that's such a, I mean, what a cool story. Yeah. It, yeah. And now, you know, he's. Well, I feel yeah. like he's transitioning now from the sports world to like the business sense too. Like I know he kind of got hosed a little bit in that cryptocurrency stuff. But. So he's going to try to make up his income from, uh, he's trying to get on par with uh, his ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't getting paid he, enough. Yeah. Uh, so he now, was the, he was chasing the money with her. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's crazy too. Gosh, he was good looking. <laughs> he's not bad looking, but he's like a, he's like too skinny now in my mind. Um, Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you be the judge. Yeah, of I one. didn't look that close. Yeah. He didn't walk by me, so I was a couple <laughs> feet away. But uh, I didn't I really realize it was him. He yeah. seems like a good dude. Like everyone, like uh, and like a Gronk, who seems like more like a people's people. Like he seems yeah. to like everyone seems to love him. So yeah, yeah. I, I I always loved him before, you know. Didn't didn't hurt that he came uh, from Michigan, but uh, or not came from Michigan, yeah. but played at Michigan. Yep. But even if you're a neutral person, you s- heard him speak at the Econ Club. You had to have respect to his his story, and and it wasn't just about him, him, him. It was about the process of working hard, mm. and 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 that's how success happens. It just doesn't happen because you're snapping your fingers and it's natural. I I always like I, I love people too that are like. Um, like a Tiger Woods or like we're like no matter what fourth quarter Tom Brady's got the ball everyone's the defense the coaches everyone's like oh man like you know he's coming like you know he's gonna do this you know he's gonna be in it and like that 
mentality and to be able to like bring that mm-hmm. and to like literally strike fear into like every like that's a it's a wild thing to have. It's rare. I, I also give him a lot of credit for he's got a little Derek Jeter in him too, right? Like he's a competitor. But off the field, you never heard a bad story about either of them, for the most part. Oh, I mean, sure. he, he had the, a little bit of the whole deflate gate with Brady. But for yeah. the most part, you, you didn't like him because he was bad. You, you, you were opposing him for the other team. That was just wanting to win against. worse than anybody oh, else. Yeah. Wait a second. Are you talking about bad story about, like, there's been a few about Tiger Woods, you know? Oh, Tiger Woods. I say, <laughs> yeah. say Derek Jeter. Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tiger. Tiger, if you're listening to this, we're really yeah. sorry. Yeah. If you we'll ever want to come on, podcast. Yeah. you can totally clear your name if you ever want to come on. I, I became a golf fan because of him. I mean, really? Oh, how do you not? I mean, yeah. he was the greatest. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, wins the U.S. Open, beats Rocco Mediate uh, at the Torrey Pines uh, with a broken leg. Jeez. So, and, yeah. and just like in, it's like, seems like those types of. Where like Tiger Woods, right? He makes I don't even know what it was for, but the the putt where the Nike ball mm-hmm. that was the Masters, yeah, Masters win Nike ball tch, slow play into the hole. Like how does that? Uh, like who that, gets that? Yeah, who gets, <laughs> who gets that? that? Like that's but yeah. Sorry, back to John. Side <laughs> Take us bro. Oh, back yeah, yeah, what what Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, John, t- tell us a little bit about just kind of your how you got into commercial real estate. I honestly don't know wh- where'd you grow up and so, where'd you come from. I'm a East Grand Rapids pioneer, so uh, very proud of that. Um, my uh, I have a blend family of uh, six kids. Three were uh, are, were pioneers, and three are Grand Rapids Christian Eagles. Oh wow! So I. It started with my dad. My dad started Francis Realty in 1979. Um, and even before that, he worked with several, um, he worked for Dotson Realty. Uh, he worked for some other people even before that. So for me, I real estate's always been a part of my blood. I remember, you know, as a kid going through random empty buildings or having, you know, spots uh, in, downtown in windowsills watching parades you know remember back in the day they used to have these crazy awesome parades downtown and like um after the uh, gulf war you know we had the uh, the tanks rolling through town and we had the president in town and wow and so wow. you know you downtown back then had the, a lot of vacant buildings and so we we just perched ourselves on some windowsill so um he managed uh Trailer parks, believe it or not, he did uh, office buildings, and uh, he was part of East, East Paris Medical Building, McKay Tower, among other things. Wow. Was that his route into real estate? Was was it brokerage or was it management? So he really started. Uh, he was a residential guy at Westdale. If anybody remembers oh, yeah. Westdale, the buildings are still still around. So, and I think actually, someone should correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Stan Wazinski, I think he started the commercial side. On Westdale. Oh, really? And, but but that's just that's just uh, history there. But so my dad figured out real fast that uh, just residential wasn't his thing, and worked uh, with John Gilmore and uh, did some management on some of his property. And then I think from there he worked with Dodson Realty. Dodson had, uh, of course, Mike Dodson, yep. uh, mm-hmm. Ray Kaiser. Oh yeah, uh, the bowl and, and Bill Bowling. Oh, was, oh. <laughs> so my dad was part of all that, all wow. that crew, and so that's that's what I grew. That up is with. a crew. Yeah. I mean, that is a crew right there. 
Oh yeah, there's a lot it's, of personality in that crew. It's it's legendary. So just just seeing that, seeing um, the stories and the experience and the and the freedom and and some people, you know, my dad enjoyed it. You could just tell he he enjoyed it, and he he had that entrepreneurial spirit. He always wanted to to, to strive and and get to that next level. So yeah, that that spurred me on. I went to. Uh, college for real estate. You know, I tell people to this day, it's like I, I actually majored in real estate at Arizona State. Oh, really? Okay. And you know, I that's tell, not what you do at Arizona State. <laughs> that's so full of crap. <laughs> Dude, I got, they got a hockey team, a D one hockey team. Like I don't know, maybe five years after I was out of school, maybe ten. If they gave me a walk on back in the day, I would have been there in a heartbeat. Like, yes. let's just say I, I really enjoyed it. They're like, they're like, uh, Max, you're you're not on this team. No, 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 it's okay. I'll pay you to. I'll, I'll pay to play here, please. I'll they're practice squad better. it. So, yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah, and the, and then they have, dude, they have the Phoenix Coyotes playing in their college rink right now. Yeah, imagine like what so you joke. got all the NHL players coming to campus like. And they keep a section for student tickets, and it's got to be just wild. Well, part of my memory there at Arizona State is I actually, um, at one of our, I was in a business fraternity, okay. co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> I would highly recommend it for everybody yeah. going into college. But one day, a fraternity brother stood up and said, we got an opening at my uh, job, and it was a, he was a student equipment manager uh, for the football team. But not only was it for the uh, football team, it was for baseball, basketball. Yep. And um, so I saw Division One football and basketball oh, that's cool. firsthand. And I even traveled. Um, so a couple of famous names back then. Remember uh, Bill Frader? You guys are yeah. too young. I don't remember. I, I know his name. I, no, I couldn't sit here and say stat lines or anything like so, that. So Bill Frader's team actually, again, I think the year or two later after he got fired by Bo Schembecker. No kidding. And, and Bo said only a Michigan man coaches Michigan because uh, for some crazy reason, Frieder decided to uh, take the job at Arizona State instead of uh, Michigan, and, and Bo was not gonna, would, didn't allow him to coach during the uh, the playoffs. So, no kidding. Wow. So it, but I think that blew up for Frieder because uh, that famous FBI point shaving scandal. It uh, was based, it was one of his players. Oh, oh no! So that was like the maybe that's where I know the name from. Is like did they they did like a Netflix on that and everything, didn't they? Probably like a thirty for thirty. Probably they're like calling the guy was calling. He was like he wasn't even making that much money from it either, was he? Uh, or was he paying off old debts or something? Betting debts. I, I remember, remember clearly as a college student, he was driving the most jacked up pickup truck <laughs> that you could ever imagine. It so. He had to have money from that, so, oh, all right, so you cool. knew where the money was coming from. Yeah, it had to be. But yeah, um, but then it, then at the same time, like how many of those college high level college players? Not that they're shaving points and stuff, but we're getting paid and oh, stuff yeah. like that in some way. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it's dangerous. But back in the day, there was uh, all these discount airlines that existed, and you could fly from Phoenix to Las Vegas for literally thirty to sixty dollars. <laughs> And and then of course you, you run into a few bookies and then the rest is history. Yep. Now next yeah. thing you know, you're shaving points. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, nobody wanted to bet bowling green hockey games. So yeah. <laughs> and even if they were, it was like, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna lose yeah. tonight. <laughs> you mean they weren't paying anything? No. Like, hey, just so you know, we're gonna lose again tonight. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Lie well, down on that one. Yeah. 
The other athlete was uh, Jake Plummer. Uh, he was quarterback, the quarterback. Right? Yeah. He, he ended up being with the Denver Broncos. Okay. And then uh, another guy was Juan Roque. He got this. This is of course a, a lion story. He's a monster of a man. 300, um, 340 pounds, six eight. I think the Lions draft him in for, with their first round draft pick, and I was like, and I knew uh, that that was a bad, bad. <laughs> pick because he wasn't very co- he was a monster of a man yeah, but he was yeah. uncoordinated and, and and you'd watch him play and everything and I mean you can dominate at that size in college but not right. not not pro once you get to the pros they all have speed yeah right every guy from college every guy in pros is same oh, size yeah. just comes exactly. out of speed so when I was there Rod Marinelli okay yeah. Lions head yeah. coach he was the defensive line coach there Wow. So uh, there was a lot of coaches that spun off from that program. So I, I guess the point of the story is I, it was just a wonderful experience to be able to do that. And, That's pretty and, cool and to that, see that. And, and was that literally what drove, obviously Arizona State's a blast, but was the real estate program like you were looking at different schools and you're like, hey, I want to head down south or what? Uh, I started at uh, Valparaiso, and okay. which mm-hmm. back in the day, Valparaiso was middle of a cornfield and it yep. just it wasn't my school. It drove me nuts. And so... Theoretically, I'm supposed to say that I went to Arizona State because they offered real estate as a major. But uh, the real story is I was filing a girl. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So and then you four years there, and then right back to Michigan. Um, it was actually three and a half years. Okay. So, well, because um, to, to be honest, yeah. I, I, I had to take an extra, a little bit extra time. <laughs> Some of his credits didn't transfer. That's all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then you came right back to Grand Rapids yep. after that and so, jumped right into real estate. Yep. I started in uh, fall of 94 uh, okay. in, in commercial real estate. Uh, again, you know, my dad's story, I, I, I tell people I, I started on his shoulders. I'd started like shoulders of a, of a giant. And so um, I was really blessed to have someone that patient um, and I, I guess blood's thicker than water type of thing. It's like it uh, that 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 helped me because it's a tough business to start in. It, yeah. it it's it's not like you know if you're an engineer major, some of these other majors, you're coming out of business school and they're just going to throw you sixty, eighty to hundred thousand dollars at you. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way in uh, in commercial real estate and especially yeah. commission wise. So. Um, my my dad opened the books and opened everything to me. So every every meeting, you know, every you know, all aspects of the business, he was just uh, uh, full disclosure with me. And and I, I say that because I, I later on in my life, I joined the Family Business Council here in Grand Rapids because there's uh, you know mm-hmm. it's an important uh, entity in Grand Rapids because there's so many family businesses. But you don't realize that. Some families maybe are dysfunctional, and yeah. <laughs> especially businesses. Oh, yep. And yeah. and so, in hindsight, you look back and uh, how open uh, and willing my dad was able to teach me. And and we got into a lot of uh, interesting stuff that just normally you don't do. We we developed buildings within uh, probably a year of me uh, entering. So, and and back then, ninety four. Commercial real estate was really, I'd say it's, it was in its infancy. Um, you, you had downtown office space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You had maybe a building or two in Eagle Crest. You had uh, Centennial Park. But you didn't have too much else. And of course, you had your industrial buildings scattered here and there. But I guess the best way to describe it is if you look at um, 
East Paris from uh, yeah. to the north all the way to Cascade, you know, mm-hmm. where United mm-hmm. Bank is, all the way back down to 28th Street. Just in, green, green in space. In 94, that wasn't, it didn't exist. There was a wise patio shop in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, wow. I remember one day we, uh, we went to a uh, major family, their family office, and we had one of those old Kent County plat maps, you know, the ones that yep. are like just crinkled up and whatnot. And we were, you know, had that opportunity to, to present, and we said, you need to buy every single parcel from, from A to B. And they turned us down. They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's farmland. Um, but, you know, look at it now. It's, oh, my it's, goodness. It's completely we were, developed. We were just talking about a user that I have that's looking so hard to get into that Cascade or even Knapp's Corner Market. And it's like, they need an acre, acre and a half. And it's like, where? Where yeah. do you go? Uh, yeah, yeah. So in, part of that development is... Um, my dad had a relationship with the owner of Bill and Paul's at the time. Bill and Paul's Sport House was uh, at Fuller and Fulton, where the Salvation Army is. Okay. Yeah. So I think one day his name was Bill Pearson. Uh, said to my dad, "What about Wise's Patio Shop?" And my dad said, "Oh, that's brilliant. That's a perfect place for for Bill and Paul's." So my dad sold uh, that building to the Salvation Army, and then they, uh, Bill Pearson at the time, developed that retails condo center. But then there was a little parcel right in the back, uh, when I say the back, on the highway side. And so that's a parcel that we bought and developed and uh, built a 30,000-square-foot office building. And we were so far ahead of the time um, in regards to suburban office buildings. They, their first appraisal came back and destroyed us. Uh, we, we, we couldn't do the project. We literally had to throw the appraisal in the trash because wow. appraisers... As you know, they can only look today mm. and yesterday. They can't yeah. look in the future. And yeah. the market was just on the cusp of changing in a in a really big way. So what we, year is this you're talking that about? That would have been ninety-six. Okay. Nineteen ninety-six. So we were able to finally get it appraised, uh, built it, rented it up. Did, uh, did you have any of it pre-leased before it was, you this started construction? Complete spec. A complete spec. Yeah. My yeah, my my <laughs> My dad's like first generation in, in the sense, yeah. So, and maybe at the time I didn't realize how, uh, you know, at the time that 30,000 yeah. square foot office yeah. spec. Yeah. You sign personal guarantee when you don't, when you don't have a net worth, what does it matter? <laughs> here, here you go. Been poor before. It's not so bad. Yeah, I didn't even have a house, I don't think at the time. So it, it, it didn't matter. So we, we, yeah, we leased that thing up and, um, and then shortly after that, uh, Rockford Construction uh, built several of the buildings, and in at that point, the the rental rates were going up a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, uh, like just like that within Beautiful. within a year. Beautiful. And, and so it's, it's it's interesting sometimes when you can lead the curve like that, but it's dangerous. I mean, it's the and yeah, you risk a, and you risk being not six months ahead of your time, but ten years, and and you have to do. Some, sometimes speculative because people don't like to be the first mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So you got to get it at least built or or started, and and then and then people could will get interested. And then shortly after that, uh, right up the hill on uh, forty eighty one Cascade, uh, my father and I developed that one also. So that was that was kind of a the so first you're talking like the first three four years of your. It's like oh this is how it is. It, <laughs> so it was uh, kind of fun. I, I don't want to say by any means was it easy, but 
that was my start uh, to be a, a part of all that. And um, what a what a blessing. But I'm sure there's things too that like pressure wise and that where you're like drinking from a fire hose and then you got high expectations from dad and stuff like that. But still, I mean, what a what a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So I was I was trying to do that, manage the the existing portfolio of buildings, trying to be a a broker. I was kind of a jack of all trades a, a, a little bit. And um, but over time, I've kind of uh, focused on what I really love. So, what was it like working with your dad? Was he pretty hands on then, or would he kind of just step back and say, "Hey, figure this project out"? Then I'll help when needed. Um, I guess the first thing I, I would characterize it as two dancers that are originally getting together. And not knowing each other, you're stepping on each other's feet. You know, yeah, you're yeah. just you're stumbling and bumbling. And then after a while, you get this symmetry. And I feel like over time, that's what happened with us. Um, my strengths came out. Um, I mean, uh, little things like you know, I was uh, bringing in technology. I remember my <laughs> as a kid, my parents would bring home the books, these ledger books. You know, back then there was no computers, and so you're literally every single check, every single, uh, you know, think of it, doing a camera reconciliation these oh days uh, with, yeah. with it's 100 percent paper. Yep. So, um, so he he allowed me to go off on my own a little bit in regards to at the end of the day, you still you have to create, you have to you have to hunt and kill, you have mm-hmm. to in in real estate, you, you got to do it. So. You know, I had the fallback of the property management uh, accounts that we had, but uh, and then of course some of these developments. But I still had to go out and 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 create my own. And and but he was always there to be able to answer questions and give guidance and uh, anything like that. So he he always had an open door policy. But he was busy in his own right too. So uh, there's only so much he could do sometimes. But is is it was just you and him? Is there siblings or anything like that in the real estate business as well that you have? No, no? it's just Go. just myself. Yeah, I, I I had a brother that uh, passed away when I was in in fifth grade, and so wow. I was just yeah, I was a, a, a lonely uh, a single child. So older or younger brother? He, or? he was he was older, older, okay. and so um, you know that kind of brings up an interesting story, in re, and I'll, and it relates to commercial real estate and and. You know, I I love this commercial real estate community we have in West Michigan. It's it's really really special. And so, mm-hmm. when things were going down with my brother, he basically he had a stroke. You know, uh, he was a little boy. He was in fifth grade at the time. And like, you know, uh, who has strokes at that age? And mm-hmm. so, um, it was just crazy for my my parents. I remember uh, seeing their desk um, back in the day. You had those dot matrix printers and. They had bills from Spectrum Health that were probably like a foot thick. Oh my goodness! So, where this relates to real estate is, at the time, my dad had a listing. I think it was in Cheshire Park neighborhood, over yep. by uh, uh, north of uh, Leonard and Plainfield. And I think this is going to be correct. I think Peter Termot took over a listing for my dad and worked it, sold it, and gave all the commission to my dad. Oh it was my, my it was my da- it was wow. my dad's listing originally, but he couldn't work it. Yeah. I mean, what a community! Yeah, wow. to just like to, I was going to say that doesn't happen in, throughout other parts of the United States. No, and we have a good thing here, and I and 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 that's a competitor too, right? I mean, that's yeah. not they're not in the same office that he's picking. It was literally like I, I think Peter just just 
stepped up and said, Lynn, I'm going to take over this listing for you. I know you got a, a lot of things that you're, you're, you know, on your, on your mind. And that's really and, cool. And, wow. and my dad wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, he was trying to service his client at the time. Uh, but you know, a lot more going on yeah. than that. And as you know, uh, us, uh, real estate guys, we don't have, our insurance probably not, is not the greatest no, no. <laughs> cash. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit of history and background of, uh, was it, uh, my brother had a brain aneurysm. He should be dead at 18, had to relearn, walk, talk the whole nine yards. I mean, he say, was it an aneurysm or what? It was an aneurysm. Yeah, he had blood vessels in his in his head it exploded. It was the same and, thing. And my so brother, he should be dead. So he should be. it's yeah. crazy. I and it was surreal to me. You know, when you're a little kid, you just don't. You don't. Yeah. yeah you, how do you even process? How do you that? comprehend? I, it? I didn't. I mean, you know, I remember uh, at um, sitting at the. It was a Wednesday uh, Wednesday night. I was sitting at the dinner table the, with the four of us, my parents and my my brother and I, and. I think I had got him in trouble because uh, I heard him swearing at uh, school, and so I told on him. Yes, of course. <laughs> and so of course, the, you the should. Yeah. Thing. Come on, <laughs> you can't be sick. We got a reputation. So he was about to get in trouble, and all of a yeah. sudden he he's uh, he said he had a headache, and so he went upstairs, and then I went on uh, in the next room and started watching the Gong Show. So I'm going to probably show my age here when I'm talking about that. Yeah, so, that's over my yeah. head too. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, YouTube it. Yeah. Um, so that night, uh, you know, it, it went down heavy, and yeah. I remember getting woken up in the middle of the night, and and my parents took took me to the neighbor, uh, the neighbor, to to sleep, and you know that he went into the uh, hospital and he had emergency surgery, and then before you know it, he's in this coma, and it, and what does that mean? What's a I coma? How do you imagine. how do you describe a coma to a, a kid that's in uh, second grade? Mm-hmm. And you know he's easy to sleep. You know I just thought he he had um, a lot of anesthesia, and he's just gonna at some point he's gonna wake up. So mm-hmm. he never woke up. He was in this coma for years and years and years. And, uh, and then <laughs> that's gotta like uh, set. I mean, for your whole family, like a different path of like how you just look at life too. Like mm-hmm. from like a like an innocence perspective as a little kid all the way to like your parents and like what is important and it yeah it gosh affected, that would be I couldn't I can't even imagine it affected all of us in different ways and yeah so mm-hmm. I think my parents would have to tell you like how did it really affect John Francis I mean so it's it maybe it it's made me more independent and uh, sure mm-hmm. and maybe a loner it's not, it doesn't bother me as much because I'm just used to being a single kid but uh we're getting into psychology now. Right? Yeah, yeah bro. I told you. Go it's the ultimate podcast. Yeah, you, have the, you have the couch I can lay yeah. on and uh, tell you all my problems. You don't want me to deep dive in here, bro. We'll yeah. let Chris do that. <laughs> we got some booze in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. That's uh, yeah. And then from so you're college working for dad, and then starting to get into development. And how long, I mean, are you brokering deals as well at this time? And you said you were getting into the property management, which I think is such a good base for people mm-hmm. to really understand real estate is that property management side. But Oh, yeah. I, so you're I, lit, touching every piece. I, you know, one of my selling points that I tell people and when I do a deal with someone, it's like I, I, I've, worn, I've worn the owner hat. You know, I've worn the de- uh, developer hat, uh, the property management hat, um, the broker hat. So... Those are all different perspectives. And so, for yep. example, when you look at a broker pro forma, 
<laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Broker. It's like, do you understand how a building lives and breathes over five, 10 years, how it changes, how it interacts? I mean, I can see that from a valuation standpoint as a, as a future owner coming in or representing a client. It's like, look, you're going to have to anticipate this, this, and this, this these kind of expenses, or, or because of this certain feature of this building, it may be uh, harder to lease up and may take longer. So I can, I can add that, that sure. pers- perspective. So those different skill sets have, I think, is, have, help, have helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I've been. I mean, I've been to some of your properties that you manage as well, and they're meticulous too. Oh, I mean, you. you are on top of it. They're clean and taken care of. It's not like the the grass isn't overgrowing and the you know the landscaping's twenty twenty years too old and the HVAC is kaput. Like it's sharp and ticking. Well, and and, and in real estate, the, you, you gotta keep on putting money back into your building. You can't. I I've told myself, I said, I never want to get involved with a client that just wants to suck a building dry because especially as a property manager, I don't want to have to make excuses because that's a reflective on me. Yep. And you know, and that's someone's yep. business that's in there. That's how they make money. And and I've always had the uh, the mindset is look, all I do is I provide a white box. And inside that white box you do you you sell something, you make something. And if that white box is somehow interfering with your business, uh, that's that's not a good thing. So my my job is to uh, create as less interference inside that white box as possible, which is the building wherever they wherever someone o- operates. That's awesome. That's a good way to look at it, and it it shows too. I mean, literally shows that at your property. So yeah, very Thanks. cool. And then, are you? Is there a certain type of property? I mean, you started developing office. It sounds like, and then. Um, is there been certain property types that you've trended to, towards buying, developing that you like better, or is it just kind of ebbed and flowed with uh, the markets? So uh, it did start with office. That was predominantly uh, what I was doing. And um, is that what your dad was brokering as well? Before yeah, he, yeah. Okay. It, lot of lot of office in managing. Okay. Um, but um, pre-COVID, well before COVID. I felt the headwinds on office. Hmm. And I felt like if I'm going to continue to grow, I got to adapt. And so I like to say, I call, I call it a pivot point. And so I pivoted into industrial. And that was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal time to, to do that. Uh, I, that was probably at least uh, 10, 15 plus years ago. And there was just more velocity, more things things happening, and so that's what I started owning. And back then, you didn't, you weren't competing again uh, as much with the owner users. Now yep. th- that's what you're competing with. And as an investor, it's it's pretty hard to to for someone like myself to to to. What buy. was it about Office that I mean, like for me, like when I look at Office, the hard part for me is like you'll go into a space and it'll be. Clean, sharp. You're like, yeah, we can release this, and then you get the next group, and they're a strong group, but they're like, mm, sorry, none of this works. Whoa, tear it all yeah, out, yeah. restart. Is that what you started seeing for the headwinds, or what was the kind of the things that you're like, so tipping you off to that? From a property management side, uh, it's a, it's a harder manage in the sense that that's that's where you know. Between dealing with janitorial, dealing, the common dealing area, HVAC, big common areas and stuff people, like that, people complain. You're, you're not going to get someone complaining about HVAC in an industrial building, you know, for <laughs> yeah. the most part, or, or janitorial. 
And so you you have a little bit of higher level of um, service that needs to be, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, you know, that just lends to more expense. Um, if a office building is vacant, it's not uncommon for the it to be vacant for a month to six months to a year to two years. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all know those spaces that are that are vacant like that, and that costs money. And then when when and if you fill it, just like you were talking about, Max, is like you could have a perfectly d- d- reasonable space, a beautiful space, and the next person says that doesn't work for me. I yeah. Blow it out. So then you have to put spend money on that, um, or or even then we talked about this on another podcast, but it, it was, I think it was Doug Tages that told me it's like, hey, the landlord that's willing to pay to get the tenants going to get them, and yeah. as far as office goes, and mm-hmm. who's going to put up the TI dollars because that's real too. Where where you're a tenant, you're looking at, I'm not going to build your space out for you. So they're coming back to the landlord and adjusting all those amortization schedules and trying to put it back in. It's it's a tough. It's a tough game. So you, you you either go back to the bank and get a line of credit, and you know, n- n- based on whatever the interest rate is at the time, you're paying that, or you just reserve a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some office buildings. I'm I it's it's north of a hundred thousand dollars, and it's just cash just sitting there because it has to be reserved. Well, that cash should be in my investor's pocket, not just sitting in the bank waiting sure. for some. You know contingency. Yeah. You know that's so that those are kind of the some of the things that I'm not saying that I wouldn't you know uh, be of attractive course. office buildings yeah, now. Of course. But I, what I say is nobody's going to sell me based on my underwriting. A lot of people don't want to sell me the their their building at. Uh, my, well, it'll go, my it'll go to the owner occupant way yeah. before it goes yeah. to you. Yeah. And and then from there too, like from the the management side, like were you. Managing industrial before you got into it and watching the different pieces, or did you just start getting into? You're like, there's something to this big, simple box that I like. No, we we had managed some industrial before that, so I I did have that experience with with both you know the management before the ownership. Where okay. was your first project from the industrial standpoint? Was it spec builder? Buying an existing building, uh, like first industrial building I was associated with yeah. that you bought, yeah, yeah. that you bought, or oh, that, I, that I bought, or okay, developed, cleaned up, whatever. You so nine nine sixty West River Center Drive. Uh, no way, yeah, across <laughs> from nine forty, the one that you and yeah, I did yeah. the deal. John Grace, right. yeah, yeah. So um, is that who they where they are now? John Grace is I can't remember their exact address, but they bought the building next to you, and they looked at. Maybe possibly purchasing that building that had the gymnastics studio in it. So that building, so the building I bought was at the time was owned by Makatawa. So that was the uh, that was the blood and water time yes. frame <laughs> post two thousand eight. Yes, and thank so you. That that's how it started. Then shortly after that, there's uh, nine forty three West River Center Drive that went up, and I figured I might as well buy that one too. And it was naturally. So we did, <laughs> and then that was kind of where it started. I haven't, I haven't built one. I usually I don't. Is that sorry to? We'll go back to that. But is that when you're? Are you doing this with a group, or are you? Is this John? Is this Francis Realty doing? And you know, if you don't want to talk about that, that's fine too. No, I'm an open like. Are book. you partner? You partner with people, or are you? Um, so yeah, I partner with everybody. I I don't feel like I need to be a hundred percent. I want to be able to keep my powder dry for for other deals. I mm-hmm. I grew up playing Monopoly, and I had that strategy where I wanted to own every single property, and you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if it was Baltic or, or Mediterranean or anything yeah. like that. Um, 
So I have several different uh, ownership groups, and and I do that because um, you know investing in commercial real estate, you're you're giving me or uh, or somebody whoever's in it is fifty, hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, and you may not not see that. Uh, for a while, so you got to be able to uh, have the mindset that you may not even see it back if if it's a bad investment. So there's not a lot of people like that. So uh, usually I, I spread that out, that out to a couple of different people, and 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 I need those invest uh, those several groups because sometimes someone's putting their um, their daughters getting married or their uh, kid putting their kid through school, and so you be able, you got to go to the next person or. For whatever reason, uh, they it's just not the the type of property they want or the or the risk profile. Uh, mm-hmm. So interesting. So, and then and then you had asked about new construction versus existing, and what you're focusing on for the industrial or any market. I mean, are you doing a lot of? Have you done a lot of construction, new construction, or? Not too much. I try to stay away from that. Uh, my, my father and I. One of our last developments was uh, forty nine forty Cascade Road. It's the uh, Three-story front glass building on on Cascade Road yep. down from Forest Hills Food, and that was one of those uh, Murphy's Law thing. If something bad could happen, it, it happened, and you know from mm-hmm. you know neighbors and you know the NIMBYs and you know going to the Ada Township uh, Planning Commission meetings and the, the adjacent neighbor residential neighbors saying that somehow the site of an office building is the worst thing in the world <laughs> for them, and they couldn't see it, so. That makes they, sense. They yeah. literally yeah. on a forty-five degree slope made us put like twenty to thirty foot pine trees to, to block us from the property, and so it went on and on and on. And so for literally for one year, I could not sleep. It was just, and I just that's just yeah. not my my yeah. personal DNA. So I'd rather buy something with um, you know little, even if it's like just limping cash flow. I'd rather do that. Um, and and I'm not saying that. It, Development. Uh, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table. Those developers, you can make a lot of money, but there's a lot of risk associated with it. There's a there's a ton of risk, but there's there's risk in any of it too. Yep. Because like I could I could sit here and be like, okay, well, yeah, you're gonna go buy the building that's limping along cash flow. Like, what's the issue? Yeah, and why is it limping? And why isn't it leasing? But yeah, with your background and your knowledge, that's probably where you feel comfortable plugging in and be like, dude, if you just did. This change, or if you just made it simpler from a landlord perspective to actually, or brokerage perspective to lease it, like we could totally turn this building around. Yeah, and that that's real too. I'm sure yeah. you. I know I have where you deal with somebody that's like you just can't do a deal with the person, and they own the building, yeah. and it's like they should be full, and they're not. And there's those opportunities too. Or what, what are you seeing like when you purchase existing? Are you looking at those types of issues of limp building? I actually like buildings with uh, with what I call hair on them um, because I feel like I can. There's there's that problem that needs to be solved that mm-hmm. you know, and I and a lot of times I try to. I think I go in these deals with a with an ace up my sleeve. That I mean, if if you're not going into these deals with an ace up your sleeve, then, then you're, or, you're sitting which, on the wrong side, which, of which it. is yeah, basically yeah. a plan. Um, yeah. If you don't have a plan, then you yeah you are gonna run into some trouble and you know each circumstance I feel like there's a, a, a place where I can uh, turn that volume up yep that's awesome add some value and I, I think uh, just having known you and like you're always able to almost slow things down and like get you don't get too into the weeds I'm not saying that but you find the detail and a lot of things and you just look at things a little bit different just being on the board with you and um, dealing with you on some other things where it's like I, I can tell that about you where you're like 
you can find those important details, those key facts, and but you're not. If you get too caught up in it, you're just not going to do it, right? Like if you worry about everything. Oh, there's there's thousands of variables in any kind of project, and it yeah, you you get you got to focus on the important things, and 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 the other stuff is just, just distractions. Mm-hmm. So, huh? What about? Um, and I know self storage too. I mean, are you? Yeah, want so, to talk about that or not? Yeah. I'll t- um, so we were talking about, you know, I started with the office and then I pivoted to to industrial. And then about five, six years ago, I pivoted to uh, self-storage. And I had an investor uh, of mine that was really pushing me hard on this. You know, what about this self-storage thing? And I consider myself pretty uh, conservative. And it's like, and it's one of these things, it's, it's what I don't know that scares me. And, and in sure. real estate, I mean, you can lose it That's all on, one, on, yeah. on one deal. And um, finally, it just clicked, and we found uh, a deal up in Greenville that a developer had uh, already already started. He probably got it about 70, 80% complete, and, and he was looking to sell. And uh, unbeknownst to uh, myself and my investor at the time, um, we, self-storage was just about to, to take off. It was probably a year or two before it really went uh, yep. haywire. Yep. I mean, in a good in a good way. And and so uh, that particular site that we started with, we bought the existing site, we expanded it in two different phases. Do you remember why the developer, was he, he was already constructing and underway, like what was his? So I, he may hear this, but uh, I think he had a, <laughs> uh, a Brazilian mail order wife, and he was getting a divorce, and so he, <laughs> he needed some cash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually serious. <laughs> so, how much does that cost? Is there a website for that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we were able to pick that one up, but, but literally at the same time that deal was happening, there was another uh, building, another self storage facility across town, and again, I was like, if I'm going to buy one, I might as well buy two. And um, and that particular one was um, had staff in it, and mm. and the first one I bought was all technology, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, you know, I was gonna at, at the time my probably staff is gonna hear this and they're gonna freak out, but yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna fire everybody, and <laughs> I'm gonna go, I, I'm gonna go all technology, but. What I've learned is you have to have a balance of both. Mm-hmm. You you need those people, and my people are phenomenal. I you know I, I do hope this I, they hear this. They've done a really good job by me, and, and a good job uh, in what they do. But uh, self storage is a lot about technology. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the hub and spoke system. You have a, a master property management software, and from there you can you can sell insurance to tenants. Yep. You give mm-hmm. them gate codes. Um, ease of use, right? Because yeah. if it's easier to go rent from you, you're going to go there if there's another competition or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, And then COVID hit. And for those two months, I think everybody in general freaked out for about two months in, in COVID. Like, what's going to go on? And mm-hmm. then and then all of a sudden it just exploded. I mean, I was counting my vacancy literally in minutes. I mean, I would have a vacancy and all of a sudden Shh. it would... You know, at a couple of times, I even hit 100%. Uh, and if, 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 and the other thing about self-storage is That's not just technology. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's pricing. And if you're at 100%, yep. you have underpriced your product. Mm-hmm. And so you got to keep on driving that up. Uh, because it, someone else will pay, and, and they do. Yeah. So and and that's a complaint from like the smaller local operator versus like the big nationals that you hear 
where it's like, hey, every month you're getting an increase on some of these self-storage facilities where how do you manage that part of it? Yeah, they have their their formulas. Well, we do the same thing. We have, um, and there's different ways of raising the rents. There's, you have what is called the rack rate, the, the retail rate that you would, that, that's advertised. And you can raise that without raising the existing tenant's rent. So the person who pays that rack rate gotcha. is that new tenant. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing you do is if you have a healthy occupancy and that you feel like you're not going to um, have too many tenants leave, every 10 months you raise rents. Okay. And it's, it's, there's, there's internal uh, formulas and programs for that. So you know, I'm getting essentially double, double rent increases sometimes is, uh, from, the, from the rack rate increase to, the, to just raising uh, rents naturally. And what are the sizes of those units that you have then up in Greenville? Um, so both sites, actually I have three sites now, but uh, two of the sites that I have climate control. Um, so there's uh, the smallest is five by five. I think the biggest is uh, 10 by 30. And yep. we even have some, uh, the third facility has uh, boat and RV storage outside. So that's got to be yeah. on fire. Uh, that's, that facility is just opening. So okay. um, yeah, it's, it, and I think right, right now a lot of people are using their, their stuff. But yeah. my facility in Allendale, I have only two vacancies in my entire, and so maybe you should be. So why aren't you raising your rents? And, and yeah, so, yeah. The, <laughs> so yeah, all the boats and RV spots are, uh, except for two, are are full. Wow. So it's still, and, but that's there's certain selective areas. I how have, how intimidating is that? Like where you're talking about, like, hey, yep, now I've done office, now I've done some industrial, and to get next? into that new product yeah. type that you're. Need to relearn everything. How intimidating is that? Um, or how intimidating has it been for you? You know, well, I don't know what else it is. Is it short-term rentals? But I, you know, I'm hearing through the tea leaves. Some of these governments are starting to push back and uh, and uh, tighten up on those things. And um, I don't know what the next thing is. Maybe we cycle back to office, which yeah. is which should be could be crazy. I, I walk through with uh, Chris has got a listing over there. We we'll walk through. Uh, one of his listings. So, um, but maybe I cycle back to that. I mean, I could go into multifamily, but that's that's a whole different. That's a, a different machine. It is, um, and a different. And I don't want to do that to my investors because uh, I mean, why would? I, and, and that's another thing. It's like these are my investors. They're, they're not only are my friends, but I don't want to lose their money. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't want to look them in the eye and say I just lost you a hundred thousand dollars. So. I was going to say, you probably had some ideas because you mentioned you obviously started in the office, yep. then went industrial and then storage and you had a guy push you for storage. Have you had to tell people like, no, I'm not doing this idea. Like, you know, Hey, um, yeah. Or, or different investments. Sure. Yeah. 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 But, um, I, I, pro- I, I stay in a narrow lane. I like to think, um, mm-hmm. again, maybe I'm too conservative, but, uh, <laughs> well, and it, in, in, I mean, being, if even calling yourself conservative, it's like, it's so tough right now to yeah. make any deal pencil that it's like, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines a little bit on some of these deals where you're like, no, pass, no, pass. A, a would love to look at it. Doesn't I, work. My goal is to, I would love to be able to buy uh, one to two to three buildings a year, and I haven't bought one this year. Uh, and it's driving me crazy. That's uh, <laughs> just not, because I, I need to grow. I want to grow. Yeah. So, but but it's also being specialized and knowing what you yeah. want to pursue. I think yeah. we've talked about that in other podcasts. You can spread yourself so thin and you don't become a specialist in any area. 
Correct. Yeah. I, I'll look at you know some of the numbers on on the, the buildings that are out there too, and I'm I just look at it. And I'm like I, I don't know. I'm like this doesn't work. I want it to work. I want to make it work. I, and you start feeling like, am I just being like a no person, or does this not work? And it's like ah, pass. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else do does it, and you're like. I wonder if they know something I don't know, or <laughs> you gotta like you ask yourself. I'm you like, know, I wonder if they know something that I don't. I get that a lot. It's like, am I doing something wrong? Am I in the right mm-hmm. business? I question myself at like, times. Did I and, get too? Did I take my cowboy hat off too much? Or yeah, exactly. And yeah, I have a. A uh, partner that I do a lot of deals with, and he's probably internally frustrated with me. That, <laughs> like, come on, John, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> let's go. And, you know, and I have another group yeah. of people where I tee things <clears> up, <throat> and then all of a sudden I call them the next day and say it's not going to work. And uh, but I'd rather say that um, more times than than not because I just go into every deal um, that it only takes one project to take a career down. I've mm-hmm. seen that in in my twenty nine years. And I also go in when I'm at a closing, and if I don't have butterflies, uh, that I'm nervous, you know, I need to check myself. It's like, am I getting too cocky? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If I, if I yeah. overlook something, and and so that's my my little test for myself. And it and it's right. Originally, I think you made the joke about like, hey, like I don't have any money to sign on this PG anyways. Like, yeah. what do you say? <laughs> but yeah. that's changed too. So then it's like, I mean, that. Oh yeah. When you mm-hmm. sign your name on that document, and you know, if it's a if it's a you know the the they're coming. They're gonna. It's. I try not to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if if I really add it's, it up, it you know, the, the millions of dollars yeah. I owe, it it, it, <laughs> it literally could yeah. paralyze you. But um, yeah, I had an investment um, with some doctors, and it took them a while to. They kept on trying to focus on. Okay, I'm a ten percent partner. I'm a twenty percent partner. We have X amount of debt, so that means I owe this. Well. It's they're almost they're they're coming to it with a mindset of this building could be zero. Mm-hmm. Well, even in post two thousand eight, sure, yeah. I mean buildings weren't worth zero. There's always it doesn't do that, and so if anything, you and if you buy buy it right, you know the the the, the fire sale price is going to equal your debt if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, right. I mean you're putting twenty percent down, right? Theoretically, yeah, maybe theoretically, more. Yeah. And so if there's a 20% correction in the market, you still shouldn't be upside down, possibly. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> if, do you remember possibly. 2008? No, of I course mean, not. I was in high school. I mean, like, that's, yeah. that was, yeah. that was yeah. even people like my dad, you know, it's, I've n- have never seen so, uh, an environment that was that bad. It was, I mean, banks owned all the real yeah. estate. They owned it all. And so to this day, but you have a lot of people that have gotten smarter because they've lived through it. You know, mm-hmm. these, these, these banks, these, there's bankers still around that have that skill set. And they remember that and yep. attorneys and everybody else. It's pretty exciting when a popular business moves to a new location, especially when they come to your city. All Seasons Living has moved from Wyoming and is now in their new showroom in Hudsonville. Even better, it's twice the size. Check out LiveAllSeasons.com, a wide selection of premium outdoor furniture featuring everything from tables, chairs, and sofas to umbrellas, rugs, fire pits, pillows, and more. All Seasons Living is now in Hudsonville. Visit LiveAllSeasons.com. And so that, sorry, Chris, is that getting to the fact where like, you know, everyone's talking recession, 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 we're going to see 
and and specifically you hear for commercial real estate with a lot of these loans coming off and stuff like that in the next two, three, five years. Is that something that you think we haven't gotten out ahead of our skis or do you think it's a, a looming issue for the commercial market? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and that was, I had thought about that in regards to one of your future cre- uh, questions, mm-hmm. Chris, about like, um, uh, what was, what was, yeah, the go. It, it was uh, predictions. And um, I didn't really want to get into the prediction game because it's, uh, there's so many variables that happen. Yeah. But the two, two things that I thought about um, from a prediction standpoint is it's not necessarily a prediction, but it's what you should watch out for is one is as loans start rolling over and uh, maturing, that is. And um, if your lender decides to refinance with you, what are you going to refinance? Are you going to go from three and seven quarter, three and uh, seven, three point seven five to, right. to six, six. Yeah. to six and a half? Or is it going to, and yeah. you know what are your what are your cash flows at the time? Can you can you survive that? Does so, it does it mm-hmm. cover the the debt service covers ratio for the bank at that point yeah. or not? Or does the bank decide to not? You know, they don't have to lend you that money again once it once yeah. it balloons. So that's that bears watching. Um, and then also just employment. We uh, the the number one thing, for, at least in my opinion, is it's 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 jobs. Uh, it's people um, work in retail. Uh, people having jobs give people to be able to uh, buy retail consumption. Jo- jobs where people are sitting in office buildings, sure. or if, if they even sit in office buildings these days, and, and, and people in manufacturing plants. And so if you start seeing uh, a bunch of layoffs happening, and uh, I still think we're pretty strong. And in West Michigan, we're conservative area. So we don't get those highs and lows that uh, maybe the coast do or, the, uh, or other sure. places. So yeah. I think we, not that we're insulated, and not that we're necessarily smarter than everybody else, but I think we're. I, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic about where we are and what we have going. Do you still see some of those like COVID relief funds out there that are kind of just sitting on the sidelines? Because I still feel like I talk to some people who say, um, "I'm just waiting for stuff to fall apart." I no, I don't personally. I I think the government, like the different like cities and counties, mm-hmm. have a a bunch of money. But they haven't spent it yet. They do. It's yeah. going to take a few. It's going to take years to spend through that. Yeah. So that's yeah. So then then that what you know? How does that affect inflation or or, or whatnot? Um, Theoretically, it goes down by spending more money, right? <laughs> that's what they told. That's what they told us, John. Yeah, it's, that's that's economics. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's supply chain. It, it's a uh, yeah. The well, I can't even remember what what was that bill called the. The Inflation Reduction Act, yeah, and then it was just spending more money, and you're like, huh? No, that's not, can you say gaslighting? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was wild. Yeah. So, I mean, what about you mentioned earlier? Office kind of excites you now. What about the office market is kind of pulling you back in? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it excites are, me. Are you, you just catching uh, a like? I keep hearing the analogy. You're trying to catch a falling knife. Like, but I, I think my my point was, it's like you were asking, well, what's next? Well, maybe I come full circle, full circle. and, and okay. go back to office. But um, I haven't seen anything yet to, that mm. uh, you know. I it, it might need to be reinvented too. Where it's like, I mean, you you talk about like Chris does a lot of retail, and it's like that looks completely different than it did 30 years ago for like malls and stuff like that. Where it's not 
just big box driven. It's entertainment driven, surrounded by, you know, that energy that which then pushes the retail too. So it's like maybe there's some sort of maybe it pushes more into that mixed use type stuff, like what they're trying to do with like factory yard and that type of thing where it's all intertwined in together. Mm-hmm. But uh, even Studio Park, I think, is a is a cool concept for that too, and that's that's full. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope uh, our city fathers in Grand Rapids can uh, keep us safe downtown. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that that's a serious. I mean, that's that's a serious issue. And I I read that. I don't know. I shouldn't say this because I I think I just read the headline, but that the Grand Rapids population just went down for the first time in the last like fifteen twenty years. Huh. The city, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, and and I think it's a lot to do with that. I mean, there's there are safety can I've seen it in the newspaper. Well, I was going to say it's, people it, it, it's on. It's rare uh, that there's not a weekend when you see a news article saying there was a shooting in downtown, if, or, or just Monroe, or, or just like go down Monroe Center and the issues yeah. that some of those business owners have faced on that street with you know panhandling and people sleeping on the mm-hmm. on the streets and. Uh, I think there was I think there was somebody like having sex like midday on one of the tables in one of the news articles I read and that's right across from the police station. Yeah. That's bad. John? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to beat you, John. Come on. I, I'm pulling you I, in. I don't want to do that to my wife. I don't uh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I guess my point I'll make or, or what <laughs> I'll do that. bring is West Michigan needs a healthy downtown. Mm-hmm. It does. Any community needs a healthy downtown to be successful. If you if you have all your money in the suburbs, you still need a healthy downtown. You need a vibrant downtown. And pre-COVID, downtown was awesome. It was we had some, it's, I mean, there's still I, cool things happening yeah, too. Like it's, yeah. and we're headed overall, I think, in the right direction. But it's like getting into that detail thing of like. Are we going to take that next step, and are we yeah. going to continue to keep that energy driving downtown, or is it going to push back out to the suburbs? Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope not. I think we have too much money invested in downtown, and uh, and we are social animals, and me, mm-hmm. meaning we need congregation, and we need to be together, and and we need the next art prize or the soccer stadium they talk about, or the amphitheater, yep. or this or that. Yep. Um, but they also need to. Somehow address. I mean, there's a humanity aspect, of course. There, these are real people that um, that are being complained about. But there's got to be a better solution than than. I agree that the more we're dealing with now, yeah, it's not it's not a good condition for anybody. I'm not yeah. I'm not belittling people no. by any means, but it's like it's an issue because it it does. I mean, when you're walking down there with little kids, like I have, it's, it's uneasy when you're walking by certain sites and issues and that type of thing. And that's across, it feels like across the country, everyone's having Mm -hmm. similar type issues. We we don't need another San Francisco or, or LA where they have what was jewels and and beautiful places. You know, people don't want anything to do with those. I can't imagine. I don't think we're, no, I don't no. think we're there, but no. you correct. We don't want to go that direction. It's a crossroads. Mm-hmm. In what direction are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Downtown. Downtown. I, I'm trying to think. The we're going to the Thomas Rhett concert on Saturday. I'm turning 35. I'm an old man. Wow. Old man. Oh, so man. Birth, I don't even know a song that Thomas <laughs> Rhett sings. <laughs> 
and I'm not drinking right now. Oh man, I'm like, eh, but it'll, it'll be a ton of fun, honey. Is really that the excited. arena? <laughs> huh? Going to the arena? Yeah, nice. yeah, it'll be good. Snoop Dogg was just in town. Yeah, Were you there? That's no, but that's John was yeah. John was backstage yeah, yeah. with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting more of my uh, my age like, yeah. at that point when you're talking about that. So. Yeah, I, I, do you think it continues to push into downtown? Or are you seeing things push back out to suburbs right now, or is it just kind of stagnant almost? You know, I've had very small instances where. Uh, I know that people have that have lived in apartments downtown and that they have left because of uh, safety factors. I, I I know those people, you know. I I know businesses that have said we're done. Uh, I actually even mo- I'm, I moved my accountant uh, from downtown to the to the suburbs. You know he he didn't he didn't want to deal with that anymore. And and we all know several businesses that have that have done that. Um, I'm actually representing a client right now that wants to be downtown. So it's it's like that's a, a like really are you sure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said yep. I want to be downtown. So well the and and like we've talked to like Jason was on and obviously I mean we talked to other brokers and stuff and no one's giving up their spaces downtown yet no. either. No, for the most part they're keeping the parking spaces. Like I mean it's it's not like it's a lost disaster, but it's something to to track and keep our eye on for sure. Yep. Hundred percent. Hmm. What about we can? I mean, you got seventeen thousand kids, right? Uh, <laughs> How many kids? Can we Six. Talk about, do you want to talk about family or no? The kids uh, and what they're up to. Uh, kid, I got one. Uh, one that's getting married next August. Congrats! So I've been uh, saving my pennies. Uh, hi, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Is she coming back to town, or is she? She's currently in Phoenix right now with her fiance. Oh, cool! Um, and they're getting married out in uh, Boston area. Uh, okay, so that's a lovely setting for that. Uh, I have another daughter that she uh, she works in uh, here in town. She's she's done with school. Um, and then two sons. One is the engineer at uh, University of Michigan. Uh, he's working, or um, he's got an internship with Gentex. He's going to do just fine. And then uh, cool. my other son, uh, Adam, he's going to the University of San Diego. Wonderful place to visit. And he's studying real estate of all things. And mm. I've been really impressed with the curriculum. Like I've asked uh, for him to sh- send me several of his syllabuses. And, he's, and I've been like, you're studying this? This is, he's, he's, he's starting at a much better level than I did. Like, is it mostly residential based or commercial? Or is commercial. It a mixture? Commercial. Commercial. So he, um, and just underwriting properties and getting into that or. Um, so yeah, I think they, they, they have, uh, so this will be his senior year. So he'll get more of those intensive classes. Um, he's already had two, he's on his second real estate internship. Uh, now he was dealing with a, um, a large scale home flipper in the San Diego area. So buy a house cheap, Fix it up, you okay. know. Do the budget, yeah. convince people to sell, sell it. Uh, so he did that. Now he's working for a uh, REIT of all places. His name's not Nick, is it? That he works for? Uh, Nick? No. Okay. I don't. No. I can't remember the name of his group, but Sean worked in San Diego, and same type of thing. He's oh. working for a big company like that, flipping homes and oh. and apartment complexes, mostly that type of thing. So he's so. Not your son's not Nick, the, the yeah. guy is. No, no, I, okay. yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Sorry. <laughs> so does he think he's going to stay out there then and continue to work for the REIT then? No or, way. Or come back home? Uh, well, yeah. I would fully expect him to, 
Well, first of all, one thing they tell you in the family business council is uh, it's you, you, if you're going to join a family business, you need to have outside experience. Mm-hmm. I don't so even that, know what the family business council is. I haven't been invited yet. You've got to have family in business and multiple okay. or a generation. Or is something. that through Grand okay. Valley, too? Or it, does Grand Valley have a... I think at one point it was... Uh, com, um, Grand Valley was a part of it at one point, but I think it's its own freestanding... Okay. Um, Body and with its own board, its own executive director. And it's a, like a nonprofit type thing yeah, that's totally. just literally uh, coaching uh, families on uh, the transition. F- and family businesses are extremely unique um, in, in how they operate. I mean, they are not your, what, when I say normal, not that they're abnormal, but you have a whole bunch of different dynamics uh, involved with that. When you're, when you're talking about siblings, you know that are part of the business siblings that aren't part of the business, and how sure. how, how are you fair? Um, you're dealing with situations where you employ a lot of people, and is little Bobby the right person to be the next president of this uh, company? Uh, because you ha- you you know this company uh, is responsible for a lot of families. So uh, I'm involved with that. I love that organization, um, and. And so I've been learning through that process. So to answer your question about Adam, um, he may come back, but just like my dad, my dad never forced me into this business. He he, he encouraged me. Um, I always left the door open in, in, a, in a sense, uh, but it allowed me to chart my own course. And sure. and I'm trying to do that the same thing with Adam. Um, I would love for him. I'm I'm huge West Michigan guy. I I I, I get thrilled when I hear stories of people that. Like, why'd you move here? And, or, you know, you came from where? And, you know, I, I think that's great. I mean, I love this community. I want to see it grow. Um, and uh, I would love for him to eventually come back after, um, a, you know, position somewhere else. That's awesome. And, and as far as Francis Realty, and then you work out, you guys share, off, share office space with Prime. Is that what it is? Cause I had the, actually, just today, there's a new, Agent at Prime that just reached out to me to grab coffee. Oh, Adam. Yep. I've been encouraging. Like, <laughs> I've been telling Adam. I was like, you got to network, network, network. I saw it. He like added. I hardly check LinkedIn. I don't really use it. I probably should. But he like added me. And I'm like, dude, this guy looks like he's 12. He's like me. <laughs> I'm like, this is he, he's, somebody he's, that actually looks younger than me. Yeah, he's 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 pretty young. Uh, he just graduated from Grand Valley State. So and so he's, he's you guys what, are co-sharing off. Like he's around. He gets to ask John Francis questions. He, he, and, even he he works a lot. He's principally works with Marcel, uh, okay. who, who's at Prime Development, yep. but. Um, I've historically have mentored a lot of different people over times, and and even with I just had lunch with him actually yesterday, and I I said, look, I have an open door. You can just come, please come in, and and um, you know I love teaching or you know whatever I have to teach if you think yeah. it's valuable or not, but um, I, I love sharing sharing the stories and the antidotes because that's one thing that's neat about this. If you're not continuing to learn, you're 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 in trouble. I mean, this is a a business with so many uh, facets and so many aspects. Uh, oh my gosh. It's, I mean, it's every. I mean, every deal is different. My mind yeah. just goes even to uh, the self storage up on Four Mile that I got to. Um, John manages the buildings <laughs> in the back. Wow! And we had to get the the property the the self storage property owns the land. But back in the day, they had given an easement, an exclusive easement. Exclusive is a key word in yeah. that. 
which means that the guys, the condo owners in the back, essentially don't pay tax on the land, but then they own it. And so then we had to get a curb cut from the condo association. And I mean, we could have shut you down. You guys yeah. could have, they could have, and, and we had to pay something, but thank God. Thank God this is West Michigan, and I think thank God John probably. I I've, I think there's I a lot think, of West I'm Michigan give, in that. I'm going to say John probably gave us a like a hey like let's not crush these guys, I mean, but we did have to pay, and they had real costs into that drive too. So yeah, I, I, I understand both sides of that, but we really could have been in a. I had a certain board member that really. I he, <laughs> he I, told, I ran into him um, showing his back space okay. to a lease tenant and he's like you're max grower and i'm like maybe <laughs> <laughs> i'll say it wasn't him it was okay. but uh yeah you've met the other one okay so. yeah yeah i'm like you guys really could have and it but that goes back to that west michigan thing where it's like okay yeah let's be fair about this and not yeah. completely but talking push. about like just west michigan everyone kind of helping each other what's like the car west michigan board kind of meant for you or oh, just sure. the, or just more of the association so I go way back. We so CAR was originally a subcommittee out of the Grand Rapids Association of Realtors. So we we met in a room probably once a month or every two weeks, and we were just a committee. The entire commercial body was just a committee, and that we had an administrator for that. Um, that I think I don't even think we. So we were actually members of GRAR at the time. Yeah. So, uh, we were uh, again just a commercial committee. Sh- was Sherry then there then Sh- at the time or not? I think she was there somewhere in the building. Okay, um, but I think uh, it was Julie Reberg. She she's still the executive she director is, yeah. of Grar, mm-hmm. and yep. then Pam Dyke. And so, probably three four years into that, we then decided to create our own entity. We actually created. Uh, car commercial actually, it probably had a different name back then. I should know. Um, that's a shared question. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we went from being a committee under uh, a Grand Association of Realtors to being our own association. Um, but at the time, we still were we we hired our executive director from Grar, and then we cut the cord from that. And uh, then we we became our full blown uh, independent uh, organization, and, and that's where where Sherry started. And it wasn't easy. We um, we were you on the board at that time, or just not? I was on one of their. I've been on the like board committee three different times. Okay. So this is the board I'm on right now. Is my third third board. Um, I'm trying to think who was my first. I think. Uh, my first three terms was Kagan was there, uh, Ray Kaiser, and Bill Bowling. So I think it was Bill Bowling, and then Kaiser was after Kagan. I think something like that. I just okay. Kagan, your three-hour uh, board meetings. Uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad that they don't exist anymore. <laughs> I get ragged on for going like an <laughs> like hour. It'll be like two minutes over, minutes, yeah. and I just get ragged on. So to go back, what you're saying uh, about car? I mean, we're we're. We're a unique association. A lot of people don't realize, I think we're one of 10 commercial MLSs in the entire nation. And what that really means is, is when we take a listing, we're agreeing to share our commission with another, with another broker. And so what that means is we are client-centric in that regards. We are not um, 
the first thing that we don't have to ask when we're trying to find another property is like, uh, before you, uh, how am I going to get paid? You got am I going to get paid from my client? Am I going to get paid from the, 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 the seller? The list, uh, sure. And you have to waste yeah. time on that. Um, so that's one of the benefits. The, the other benefits is, is networking, uh, education. Um, we're also, we are realtors. So a lot of people don't also, the Joe Q public doesn't realize as a realtor, that's a trademark term. Just because you have a real estate sales license doesn't mean you're a realtor. And that means we prescribe to a code of conduct. And so that's an, an, an extra layer of discipline um, that the average uh, real estate um, practitioner doesn't necessarily have. So when you're, when you're, Doing any kind of real estate transaction, especially commercial, you you, you need to do it in, in West Michigan with a with a car broker mm-hmm. uh, for for just some of those benefits. And it's it's been if you do any transactions outside of Grand Rapids, and Chris probably does more than either of us outside of West Michigan, but it's it is a completely different ball game. It is commission first, client second, and cutthroat as far as that goes and it's like so yeah it's different yeah I'll I'll say dealing with even brokers over in Detroit who come over here to do tenant representation it's always well, I need a commission agreement signed by the landlord. I'm like, no, we're we're good. We're we're clean. Yeah, we're clean okay. here. Like, and they're like, no, I need to sign it. It's getting them to understand, no, we're gonna get you paid. Don't worry about it. I have a separate signed listing agreement with the landlord. You're covered. Yeah. yeah. And there That's are wild. times you, you just have to almost like show it to them and say, okay, here you go. You're in the clear, huh? It must blow my blow their mind. Oh, it totally does. And they're like, you guys have a total. Uh, you guys have an entire association that works like this. Like they just can't comprehend it. And that's what three hours to the east of us. And it it's such a bizarre. It's a, such a bizarre business in the fact that like, yeah, we're all competition, but it's got to be one of the few industries where you have to constantly and consistently work with your competition and get a deal yeah. done too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're 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 there for our clients, and but it's 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 also we're trying to get the best deal, and uh, but I, I think we're being efficient in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're some of us hopefully are putting our egos aside a little bit and and just getting the deal done, figuring it out for our clients because some of these transactions can be pretty complicated. Yeah. And I I think we're yeah I think we're like there's a different. We just have the demographics from car. Thanks to Chris, I helped put those together with Sherry. But at the last board meeting, and it's like we are kind of at like this inflection point of like making sure that the future stays that way, and it doesn't go the way of bigger markets or I don't want to just rag on Detroit, but b- bigger cities in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a constant fight moving forward too. Over the, over the years, as I've been on the board and being a part of the association, I I. You, you come across people that are uh, brokers that are doing business here now. They come from Chicago. They come from other communities, and and they don't appreciate as much as what we got. And then they either, you know, there's nothing wrong with criticism. I mean, everybody should have some rightful criticism. That's how you you ultimately grow. But um, they're almost trying to tear it down or 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 change the system. Um, what you know, it, it's one of these things. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Type of yeah. thing. And um, we're far from broke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what about, I'm going to try one more time. What about the Political Affairs Committee, John? Oh, so Do you want to talk that, about this at all? So that's 
So that's one of the committees that I've been on my entire career. So I've I've chaired that committee. John um, chairs the committee without even being the chair, essentially. So uh, in a good way, though, yeah, like you're yeah. you're on yeah. top of it and you're involved, and it's important to you. Government affects all aspects of your life, if you like it or not. And yep. if you ignore government, that's to your your detriment. And so part of my uh, job is to educate the the members of uh, what's going on in this community is how it affects them. Part of our job as uh, government affairs is having conversation with city commissioners, uh, county commissioners, employees of the city. Um, you know, that's one of the big things that uh, we, we've dealt with many, many years ago, it's a long past issue, was the point of sale for sidewalks in the city yep. of Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did initially in the in the name of safety. So, meaning like uh, before uh, property had to get sold, it it had to be inspected, and uh, not and if it turned out if there was cracks or problems with it, it had to be replaced. Well, what um, about winter? They, so you had a you had to shovel it off. They got rid of that right. It was like 2010, 12. That they got rid of it. Yeah, when I got in. Oh, they've it was, had it for a while, but. I mean, it didn't make. They did it in the name of safety. Okay. So let's say you have a, a hundred yard block of houses, and so one house sells in this ten, you know, hundred yard ten houses, and so every other house had a bad sidewalk, and you, you the one that happened to be selling, um, had to fix your sidewalk. So let's. So we were going to do hopscotch over the the bad payments. So it wasn't the way to do it. It wasn't to put it on uh, the the. Um, the homeowners or the realtors back. So city changed that. And, uh, but partly because of, uh, influence from realtors in, mm-hmm. in, in our feedback. So that, I would say that was a success story we had. And, and all the way on a, like on a bigger scale for federal, all the way up to like 1031 and that big battle that yep. they had for that over the last two, three years too, yep. to keep that as a, mm-hmm. uh, we are trying to maintain the 1031 exchange. And, and, and that's just not for brokers. That's for small business owners, farmers, um, you know, it's the it's the government doesn't need one more tax. They, they just don't. Uh, they they can't even uh, you know efficiently utilize the dollars they have already. So. Well, even yep. before the podcast, like we were even talking about sidewalks to nowhere that tend to happen with new oh, development and yes. stuff. And it's like, what's the solution to that? And and I I have I can't remember which municipality it is, but they've switched to where hey, like if it doesn't make sense today. It's just going to go into a giant pot for sidewalks, and they're going to create the sidewalks where they need to be, or when the time's right, they'll come back and put them yeah, in. That makes sense. As opposed to right now, like you might have 300 feet of frontage, and none of your neighbors for the next quarter mile, half mile have a sidewalk in place, but you still get to build yours. And then, so you're grass, 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 sidewalk, sidewalk. in front of the new property, and then to nowhere. And it's just, a, it's a really bizarre thing that. I mean, essentially, maybe one day they'll all be connected, but... Typical government thinking. (laughs) (laughs) John's a big government guy. That's what I'm trying to lean into, and he's avoiding it. You're trying to disperse some controversy. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Well, the other well, the other big thing we we've been dealing with is this uh, farmland preservation. Um, That's that's. The concept behind that is to pay a farmer um, basically the difference of his development rights, and so once you pay that that farmer, um, let's uh, the value of the development, 
the farmer can still farm or they can choose to not farm, but forever and ever, perpetuity. I mean, the only thing I know about perpetuity is, 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 is God. Yep. And to be able to set aside, um, nobody's got that foresight. Um, and you start doing that, you're going you're gonna to create some major problems about uh, future growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody just has that crystal ball. So to have a program where you, you and they said, well, we can unwind it. No, you, 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 it's not that easy. There's so, so why would you even do it in the first place? If the intention is to maybe one day unwind it, why would you even do it in the first place? Like, yeah, that's, exactly. So why, and, and so what you're talking, it's a, I mean, it's P- in PCR, so- right? Is the term PDR, PDR. Thank you. And, and the government goes in. They offer the farmers, they put a deed restriction on the property yep. and say, forever and ever and ever, this could never be developed. Correct. And That's here's your check, but never will be anything but farmland. Yeah. On, on one level, from it sounds rosy. It's like you're, you're going to preserve, preserve all this farming and, and uh, because farming's going away and, and all this stuff. But I have a lot, I have some very close friends from, uh, that are farmers and farm centric. And, you know, farming is only getting more efficient and smarter, sure. and yeah. and they can do a lot of things with one acre that they, you know, years ago they couldn't couldn't do that. So yeah, and, and who's to say that it's all done in fields in twenty years and not in old office buildings? Yeah, well, weren't, weren't, they, weren't they talking about turning uh, Detroit into a farm, I think uh, so. like in elevated farms yeah. and things like that? Uh, yeah. So kind of like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the Your old cities on the idea. outskirts just yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, no, fun. it's it's super important, and it's it's always terrifying to me where it's like, what seven people, nine people on a zoning board that even when you're coming in for a new development to do something, they're driving the decisions for your entire community. Yeah, and they're not they're not elected officials either. They're they're appointed officials by an elected official. I believe mm-hmm. they get appointed by the mayor. Maybe depends on the the on UNESCO. the municipality. But sure, but they're they're making huge decisions for communities that most people never even know happen, yeah. and that's a, that's always wild to me too. That that's the process is like, hey, bring this into seven people and let them vote on it. Yeah. Well, right now, the uh, I think Grand Rapids is in the early stage of the master uh, redoing their master plan. Yep. And there's a lot of voices in that, and fortunately, we have a, a voice um, in, in that. But uh, is it Chip Chips? Chip, Chip Hurley, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, Chips. So, yeah, Chip, Chips. Part of Chips that. our advocate on that, and he'll be great. At, he'll be on top of that. So yes, he will. But that's yeah, and that goes back to like bef- the vote when they're voting on it. It's already too late. Like you need to be yes, and so front end. speaking to so what we're trying to do is we we want to be that advisor to these. These government people that are voting on this uh, on various issues and and educate you know mm-hmm. essentially we're we're lobbyists if you want sure. to call it that that yeah. don't get paid yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and Correct. then yeah. yeah wait a second yeah. yeah we need to rethink that but like even like you do here in Grand Rapids now like you hear it on the coast all the time but rent control like that conversation creeping in and things like that that's the is, worst thing you yeah. could do to a community. Is rent control, and again, these these things sound great. Preserve farms, rent control, keep things affordable, but it's it, it doesn't work that way. And, and I think it's something like and and I, Sean, sorry, Sean, if I butcher this, but in San Diego, if you want to change the rents, the building has to be under a certain occupancy thresh, 
threshold. So instead of just raising the rents like you would in Grand Rapids, they'll evict the entire building, do the turns, because once they get under that certain threshold of occupancy, wow. then they can raise the rents. So wow. they'll just evict everybody instead of like, hey, like giving you an option of like, hey, I'll raise your rent, you know, 250 bucks next month, or you can move. It's like, see ya, good luck. And how much does that cost a family to up, move, and try and find a new apartment? And that brings back one of my favorite phrases, the law of unintended consequences. Uh, that so many times people don't realize when they're voting on a law, they're not thinking it through A to Z and all the dynamics that can result from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day you won't own anything and you'll be happier because of it, John. <laughs> And I'll be feeding out of a straw. Yeah. <laughs> just like in those, what's that kids movie where they're like just in the hover chairs with the computer screen in front of them and they're all super fat? We Wally. Actually, yeah. Well, is that, we, we, we actually had that conversation recently within our family. Like it was like a Wally situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably me. I'm on my phone way too much. I'm, and I'm fat. So I'm like, dude, I'm like two steps away. Like, give me the no. hover chair and I'm in. <laughs> you need one of those treadmill guys. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm no, I'm getting ripped right now. I'm like Marco. 200. Yeah. I'm on week two. They're having me like, no, it's paleo, 200 milligrams or 200 milligrams, 200 grams of protein a day, which is like an eight ounce steak is like 20 or something like that. And, um, super clean, no beer, no alcohol. So I'm getting ripped. I'm gonna look like John Francis soon. Did you say no <laughs> alcohol? No alcohol for 12 weeks. Wow. And okay, so last week, this is gonna be. I'm gonna make myself sound horrible. Chris is staring at you like, uh, yeah, and you're like so why would you do that? Yeah, why, why would you do that to yourself? Because I gotta get back to a good base, and then I'll get fat again over the next 10 years. Can you do everything but alcohol? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, get rid of all that other stuff. Yeah, no, that's probably fair. I, yeah, that'd probably be ideal. But so I'm going to embarrass myself really bad, but I like added up the beers that I would have had last week alone, just taking a whole week off. And it was a, it was like a super meeting heavy week of like, I met with some bankers, an architect, cardboard meeting, uh, mid year planning meeting, which was at, Real seafood, like I would have drank there. The golf outing, um, swim meet. They serve beer at the swim meets. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm embarrassed to say, but like I was like, and I was probably being conservative, like kind of my cookout on Friday at a friend's house. I'm probably like looking at like 20 to 24 beers I would have had last week. And I drink IPA, so that's 24 baked potatoes that I didn't eat. <laughs> I was going to say, Max, is it really IPAs or is it Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You can be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I just sit on those. <laughs> I drink the IPAs and I sit on my Bud Light yeah. can. Yeah. Keep it in my back pocket. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm getting felt. Stay tuned. All right. Okay. Stay weeks. tuned. Yeah. Week right. Is there anything else on the, on, because I, I feel bad you did a great job no. preparing. I think we chatted about most of this. Yeah, and how 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 long is someone going to listen to us anyways, you know? It's <laughs> terrifying, but like people we, are listening to this and it's growing yeah. every time. And we've got the we've got the Instagram account or I'm like purposefully not like adding people, but I'm just seeing how it grassroots, if you will, like grows and um the the downloads, I think we had 
our highest episode was like 500 some listens. And then we had like a thousand, 1200 plays last week and or in the last 60 days. And I can't remember how many downloads I said in the last 60, like 250. I was going to say, should have played whatever, but it's growing. Yeah. So 10 years from now, this thing's going to be making probably like a hundred bucks an episode. It's going to be great. But we still need sponsors. (laughs) Beer money. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, One last question, because I cut you off, because I always do that to people. I'm sorry. Was we were talking about the young guy and not just specifically to him in the office, but like advice to people getting in or that want to get in, even if, it's from the investment side or however you want to answer that. Um, I would seek out not just one, but multiple members uh, or mentors. Um, there are a lot of people uh, that are happy to sit down and, and share their, their, their trials, their successes, hopefully their failures, if they're being honest. Um, I, when I started, I, I joined uh, BOMA, Building Owners and Managers Association. I look back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started when I was 23 years old and I can't, I mean, looking back, I, I felt I was always by far the youngest guy. Now I know I go in these, these, these meetings and I'm like, who are these other people? But BOMA and the members there allowed me to, um, approach a lot of people, ask a lot of questions, um, as situations. Cause my, you know, cause my dad wasn't either not always there per se, or maybe didn't, he didn't know, but it gave me a different perspective. So if you're a younger person, Seek out members, mentors, and 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 multiple mentors. Um, network, invest in yourself, but in your community. And I was I was just talking to Adam, the, yep. the young guy in the office. Is like when I back in the day we had the Grand Rapids JCs. It was it was a phenomenal organization. I don't know if there's a similar organization like that in this community, but if not that, there's plenty of charities. Um, you need to invest in this community and, and you have to think from a servant attitude first, the rest will flow from that. You'll, you'll meet people. People see that you're genuine. Don't worry about the business aspect that will come in, in, in time, um, in regards to investing yourself, um, investing yourself, seek Continue education. Go after your C- certified property manager designation. Go after your CCIM, your certified commercial investment member. Um, there, this industry is continually changing and, and evolving, and the people in this industry are really smart and really good at what they do, and they're competing against you. And if you're not uh, um, on top of your game, you're going to get you're going to be in trouble. So you got to keep on. Uh, investing in yourself in the community, um, uh, outside education. Um, so those are those are things that I would I would definitely. And and you're going like I mean when you're 23, you're still going up against you know a Stu yeah. Kingman that's been doing it for how many years? Yeah. Or a John Kuiper or Duke Suen or John Francis, and you guys have seen you guys have been through the battles and been through the trenches and. And one final thought on that is uh, is. Expect change, embrace change. Because mm-hmm. if change, it, uh, it, it just it it will. You know, if you think you're doing great one day and you oh rest on gosh. your laurels, Ugh. you just there was you're in be, someone will be eating your lunch before you know it. But I also liked how you talked about earlier 
you seem to embrace early on in your career the technology aspect. And I think that's something that maybe some of the younger generations can grab onto because they that's their advantage. Find that's your, their advantage. Find, find, your, niche, find, right? find yeah. your niche, find your advantage that you can overtake or help someone who can be like a mentor to you, someone who's in their you know, 60s, 70s, who says, okay, I don't know technology as well. Can you be the young gun to go 100%. show me how to do this? And and they're not limited to West Michigan with the, with the technology now. They could sell property in Japan. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I like that. So find your mentors and multiple mentors, lean mm-hmm. into them, learn from them, bring them questions, ask them questions, throw it off the wall. And then I, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on what was the last part again? That it, 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 well, invest in your community. Yeah, get involved. Uh, get involved. Yep. You got to get involved. And and what I found in personally in life, in all aspects, is if you, for example, your your church, if you're one of these guys that you come, you you, you go to the service and then you leave and that's it, you're not going to get anything out of that. Well, you'll get something out of the service, but you truly aren't going to get the full aspect. Of getting into the committees and and making that entity better. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something after that too. That I'm sorry, maybe you won't remember either. Invest but in education for yourself. No, no. After no. that, it was like towards the very end, and uh, I'll have to listen We're to that episode to myself. Okay. Right. I'm sorry, so I, but there, there's something insightful. there that I really liked that, that you it forgot. Was, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. <laughs> now I'm gonna so have to listen to the episode. It's so good, I forgot. Uh, well, they got. We've got See, if you if you're drinking a beer, you probably would have remembered. Yeah, I'd yeah. remember if I was yeah. drunk right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, do you, can you imagine the first drink oh. when you're done with this thing? You're, you're not going to know what it, what hits you when you have that first drink. Yeah, no kidding. And theoretically, I'll be skinnier too. On top of that, so <laughs> yeah. it'll be yeah, it'll definitely I can't be too hard. Yeah, it'll definitely be too hard. That's my beer. Unfortunately, gosh. Why don't we get Bells to sponsor us? <laughs> I'll let you make that call. <laughs> We're getting a hundred people that listen to us. It's great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we should talk about. I mean, I, John, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank as you. A, yeah, thanks for having me. But it's just a as a person and and a person that I have been. I have called John and asked questions before in the past, and you're always willing to answer questions. You're always involved. You're approachable, and you've done a lot of very cool stuff and. Um, admirable things, and I I also appreciate that uh, you're like you're under the radar for the most part too. Like you're not having to be front and center on everything like that, and just doing your thing. Mm-hmm. I I love that about you. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So Chris, how what, you, how's your your due dates coming up here? It's August fifteenth. Uh, We're coming. We had our thirty week uh, today. For actually, you. I know it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, a, talk about twelve weeks. My wife's what eight months, nine months. Yeah, in July. Yeah, I know. And, Ju- and yeah. it's supposed to be it's like a hundred degrees this weekend, yeah, isn't it? There's a lot of we're going down to her parents' lake and floating and staying and staying out of the heat. It sounds like she'll have some um, warm weather when she's uh, you know recuperating. Well, I know that's the nice thing we keep talking about. I'm like, all right, once we have him. At least you can go on the walks and be able to enjoy the fall weather. Have you have you seen the memes going around about like the dads and like everyone wants to talk about women and how hard birth is, but no one ever talks about how uncomfortable that couch is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let and you it, say that couch. It is horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. Yeah. And they come and wake you up like seven thousand oh times. Well, we just like, we just did the tour yesterday of the hospital and stuff, and like I showed the rooms and all that good stuff. Which which hospital? Metro. Metro, okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. The rooms That's are pretty exciting. pretty good size. Do you have a name picked say, out? 
Yeah, we do. Asher. Okay. Asher nice. Henry. Yep. I love it. That's Good awesome. Name. Yeah. Very it's exciting. Name. It's a biblical name, so. Oh, uh, I miss that part in the Bible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll read that. That's in. Uh, I was, <laughs> yeah, I, the, I'm not. I love the name actually, but I was thinking Asher Roth, which is like a singer, like, like a rapper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, biblically, yeah. Then I was thinking Bible after. Then you have to write for that. One. Yeah, exactly. So, it. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Any last comments or anything you want to leave us with, or? No, I think I I laid it out there. So, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank thank you. you.